0: Welcome to Culture Coach, a podcast with me, Nikki Lerner, helping you to engage in a proactive movement towards unity and understanding as it relates to culture and come-from. Thanks for joining me today. You ready to go? Let's get started. Hey, thanks again so much for listening. You know, I wanted to create a space each week where you and I can learn about different cultures and come-froms in a safe, non-threatening, non-embarrassing environment. I hope you enjoy this podcast. For more creative resources and ideas, you can engage with me at NikkiLearner.com. For the next three weeks or so on the podcast, I'm going to be sharing some uh, insights with you and some ideas on how to define and expand a decision-making team when you are looking at it through the lens of cultural diversity. And so uh, you'll get part one this week uh, and then you'll get the other two parts later in the month. So what I want you to be able to do is I want you to be able to take these insights in pieces. And each week as you listen to them, I want you to see how you might be able to put those things into practice. Uh, Whether you're the owner of a company or an organization, whether you're a leader in a faith community, or even if you're just leading um, your home or your children or whatever it is, I want you to think about these things, these insights, and see if you can put them into practice uh, each week. See if you can start to create some structure around them and see if you can start to think about them, uh, some of these things in a new way. One of the reasons that diversity efforts can often fail within an organization is that the leaders of that organization, if it has been historically monocultural, um, are so used to doing things in a certain way Uh, That now when they have to think about not only new information when it comes to culture work, but also new structures and new environments for their workplaces with regards to culture, it can be very challenging to uh, let go of the way things have always been. I mean, if we really think about it, it's innately human, right? That uh, so many of us, we don't really like change, right? Um, Unless it's change that we either saw coming or we wanted uh, to make, we don't always like change, particularly that is forced upon us. And particularly, if that means that we're going to have to change the way that we have done something up until now, uh, to change our structures, to change our practices. And it's hard. It's just hard. I don't know what else to say about it. But when you're in organizational life, particularly if you're in an organization or at your company where the the systems and the practices that you've used up until this point in the life uh, of your organization have worked well, um, they may have brought you some success up until now. It's very challenging to be able to look at that now and say, let's abandon that system or let's abandon what we thought was working in order to try something new to move forward. Uh, It's very challenging. It's very challenging to uh, believe or to trust that on the other side of this work when uh, some systems and structures have been tweaked or changed, or let go of, or paused, that there actually could be something better on the other side. It's the scary part of entrepreneurship. It's the scary part of leadership. Uh, Going out there, setting some vision without having seen what it's going to look like when it's done. And that is the same when it comes to being a leader who is trying to push culture work forward uh, in your organization, or in your community, in your nonprofit, whatever it is. And so When I work with my clients in organizations, uh, one of the things that is strikingly obvious when we begin the work is that for many of them, uh, their senior leadership teams, their uh, directional boards, whatever the, the, uh, the top level leadership of a company or an organization is, it can tend to be very monocultural. Again, if the organization or the company uh, has not started or didn't start uh, in its inception to say, we will be a multicultural company, we will be a multicultural organization. If it didn't start that way and it didn't start in its DNA, then oftentimes what happens is uh, the top level leaders of that organization tend to be monocultural. And some of the work that we begin is usually when I ask is why isn't that senior team or that senior group of leaders diverse? Uh, we usually try to lean in and troubleshoot and say, why is this group the way it is? And here's the thing. When you have decision-making bodies, decision-making teams, um, usually people have uh, Ended up in that position for a few different reasons that are pretty consistent across organizations. So that first reason is uh, someone's title, right? Uh, the second reason is someone's tenure, and the s- third reason, and the third reason is uh, someone's uh, team leadership, or you know the fact that they lead a large team. And these are some of the reasons that we put people on senior executive teams. I want to challenge that today. And I want to challenge that in this series of podcasts to ask, and I work this with my clients all the time, is to say, why does it have to be those three things? You see... You know, many times we we give out these titles, these executive titles, and, you know, maybe you have an executive team and that's full of your you know, president, your vice president, your your senior VP of marketing, you know, those kinds of things. Everybody with the title. But that doesn't necessarily mean that people that have the title should be on a decision making team or know how to make good decisions, particularly when it comes to a diverse organization. Same thing with tenure. You know, how long someone has been there at the company or the organization does not or should not automatically say that now they belong on a decision making team. Uh, on a group that's making decisions now for the entire organization, you know, decisions that they're making that go beyond their team. And then the third thing is just because someone leads a large team doesn't mean that they necessarily have the decision-making ability or the decision-making skills that are now needed in a multicultural organization. And so I am saying, how can we challenge this old model, this old model of why people are on senior executive teams, why people are on uh, senior pastoral teams and faith communities or uh, boards of directors or anything anything like that. It's worth the time for us as leaders to go back and, and check and to poke and say, is the criteria of title, tenure, and team leadership really the best criteria for uh, in order to build a multicultural team. Because here's what I've, I've learned. What I've learned is that, um, again, going back to the way an organization has been set up, if that decision-making team, uh, if the, the job requirements or responsibilities uh, were all a certain criteria, Well, that usually means that you may get um, one type of person on that team or for that role. Same thing that if your organization relies on different networks in order to find candidates for hiring. um, Oftentimes, if that network is monocultural, which is usually the case uh, for an organization that has been primarily monocultural, well, then all of your candidates and hiring will skew uh one, towards one particular culture group. And so as you can see, th- the systems uh, that have branches in themselves are all tied into our senior teams becoming very monocultural, uh, whatever that culture is. And so that's why as people who want to be multicultural leaders, who want to be multicultural change agents, uh, wherever we find ourselves, we always have to be willing to question and to poke the systems of how we got where we are today. And so when I work with my clients and one of the things I'll suggest oftentimes is to uh, look at their senior teams and ask the question, how could we diversify this team? How could we expand this team of decision makers so that we can get a diverse perspective of people? Well, one of the things that we need to do in order to expand that team is to, is to go back and figure out the purpose, the criteria, and the authority for that team. one of the traps that you want to watch out for as a leader as you are trying to uh, diversify a team that has historically been non-diverse is you don't want to just go after people based on their color, their come from, or their ethnic heritage. Those things are uh, pieces of the puzzle and determining what is missing and who is missing and what perspective is missing. But what you don't want to do, and this is a a warning because it can be a trap is to only look for people based on their er ethnic, uh, their ethnic come from or their ethnic heritage, because what you actually end up doing is tokenizing people. And we had, I've had several uh, podcast episodes where I talk about tokenizing people, what it is, what it isn't, but this is something that ends up happening. So the intention that is, that you start with is good, which is we need more people. We need more people that don't look like us. However, if that is about as far as the criteria goes, Uh, for choosing people to add to this new decision-making team, you will always end up tokenizing someone. And what will happen is those new people that come in that are part of other ethnic cultures, they will feel it because if the language is, Hey, you know, Susan, we need you because uh, you're African-American or, you know, Bob, we need you because you're Indian American or whatever it is. If though, if that's the language, then what you do is you pigeonhole someone uh, where the they start to believe that the only good thing that they bring is based around their color and their ethnic come from. And that's not what we're trying to do with people, right? We need people uh, that are from different walks of life, from different ethnic groups. We need these people because uh, it broadens the input But also just remember that a diversity of people can speak into a diversity of issues. So just keep that in mind and just know that you don't want to get caught in that trap. Here's the first thing I want you to think about and consider when it comes to defining and expanding a decision-making team. The first thing is define the purpose. Why does this group exist? Why does this group of senior managers or senior leadership or board of directors, why do they exist? What are the decisions that they need to make? Get very clear about that, their purpose in every single season of your organization and of your business. Because not, not only does that help uh, the group itself to know why it's gathering and what are the most essential parts and pieces of what they do but it's also going to help other people in the organization understand what that group is for because remember what we're trying to pull this out of is that that group uh, only got that way because of title tenure and team team leadership right but you want to define the purpose of any senior management group that you have don't make assumptions that people always know why those groups exist All right. So here are a couple of things to think about when you're defining the purpose. Um, Maybe a purpose is to make decisions regarding what I like to term uh, the cultural essentials or uh, the universal essentials for the organization. You know, there are some uh, pillars in every single organization uh, that, you know, the, the business or the org cannot run unless those pillars are there the decision-making team, the management team, the executive team should be speaking into those things. And the more diverse that your group is, uh, the better input you will have for the life of the organization as a whole. And so it's possible that one of, one of the purposes of this decision-making group is to make decisions regarding the cultural essentials. Sometimes that could be uh, budget, sometimes that can be vision, Other times that can be uh, a diverse environment. It could be training. Whatever those cultural essentials are for you, make sure that you define the purpose. Another purpose may be to make decisions regarding tasks that are connected to the cultural essentials. Right? So once you figure out what those things are, uh, maybe this group comes together in order to decide how then will the work be done. The third purpose could be to provide a rich and robust conversation, uh, utilizing a variety of perspectives uh, to create well-rounded processes and decision making. So, you know, it could be that one of the purposes of this group exists so that uh, you can have an expanded conversation uh, with regards to a lot of different kinds of issues uh, to help uh, move things forward in the company. This could be around, uh, ethnic culture. This could be around, uh, culture as it relates to gender. Uh, you know, if, if the, the company or the organization or the church is going to make a decision about something, you want to make sure that you have people in the room from different genders, because they may be able to see uh, things in a way that you can't see if you're just a monocultural group of people. So put those people in place get input from those people make sure that those people are on your decision-making team you know if you're a team full of all women you need to get some perspective from the men if you're a team a decision-making team full of all men you need to get perspective from the women uh, on on your teams Uh, make sure that you have a diversity of people on these teams look at things like age look at things uh, such as sexual orientation um in your organizations or in your business. If that's what you need to do, make sure that you have enough people that you can get a rich and robust conversation going about the most essential things in the organization. I'm telling you now that if you hold on to the old model, the old way of doing things, the old leadership model of, uh, People are on management teams and senior teams just because of title, for tenure, uh, and for team leadership. You are going to slow this process down of becoming more diverse. Uh, it will take you longer to have representation at the top. Uh, it will be harder for you to convince your your staff and people that work for you, people uh, connected to the organization, that that you're. Organization is serious about changing from monocultural to multicultural. You have to get more diverse at the top of your leadership chain. It has to happen. And so, in order for that to happen, you as a leader, I as a leader, we have to let go of the way things have always been or the way things have always worked in order to diversify the conversation and the decision making at the top of our organizations. Hey, thanks so much for making the time to listen. If you like the insight today, tell your friends and be part of the newsletter at NikkiLearner.com. Remember, it takes that first decision to realize your vision for a more generous, multicultural life. I'll see you next week.